You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Trees, mountains, a curious kiddo. It's time for the Green Desk on 95 BFM. Kelp forests are found in the shallow waters of a third of the world's coastlines and, according to new research, are worth hundreds of billions of dollars to society each year. They provide many benefits such as supporting fisheries, recycling nutrients and removing carbon from the environment. However, kelp forests are disappearing worldwide. A new study by the University of New South Wales aims to highlight the economic value of kelp forests to help motivate governments, businesses and society to protect them and restore them. This week, the Green Desk talked to marine ecologist Aaron Eager, who led the study and is a founder and director of the Kelp Forest Alliance, a research-driven not-for-profit dedicated to accelerating the protection and restoration of kelp forests worldwide. This week, Dr Eager told the Green Desk about his work to help the kelp. So I study kelp forests, which are forests of the sea, or they're a type of seaweed. Basically, they're a habitat that grows beneath the waves and it provides structure for fish and produces oxygen and sucks down carbon, takes nutrients out of the water, does all of that good stuff. They're incredibly widely distributed. They're actually the largest biological marine habitat. So you have places, more places with kelp forests than you do coral reefs, and about one-third of the world's coastline has a kelp forest. And I think we're at about 750 million people live within 50 kilometers of one. And if you're from Auckland or Sydney or London or Los Angeles or Lisbon or Cape Town, Tokyo, you have a kelp forest on your doorstep, you might just not know it. We know within the kelp forest community that they provide a lot of services and benefits to, to society, but we didn't really know what the value of that was in, in monetary terms or economic terms, which are often what people really want to, to connect with their grasp. They can kind of visualize the value of something better and it's got that dollar sign in front of it. So our study was the, the first one to go out, pull in a whole bunch of information about the amount of fish biomass that's produced in the kelp forest, the amount of carbon that's captured, and the amount of uh, water pollution that's taken out of the water, and then sort of put a dollar value on that. And what we found was that kelp forests were valued at $500 billion per year. So that, that's an exceptional amount of value all across the world's coast. And that, that's in U.S. dollars? U.S., yes. And it's kind of a shame that we that we have to put a dollar value to you know something as fundamental as like a, an ecosystem that the planet relies on. But I guess it's kind of a, what a capitalist system needs to um, see value in it. Is, is, do you think that's a kind of fair assessment? Yeah, it's an interesting exercise, and I think I came from a sort of different philosophy and background when I first started working in conservation, and it was just something I really connected with, and it communicated to me, and I, I sort of understood the value and the appreciation of it. But it's also, I guess, recognizing that, you know, different strokes for different folks or everyone beats to the sound of their own drum. It's not meant to be our only messaging point, but it is sort of meant to speak to people who do view the world like that or are able to understand value better with these sort of dollar figures. And it also can help with, with certain management decisions as well. So just quite practically, if you have a dollar value when you're making a management decision, you can start to analyze the costs and benefits of certain actions. And so you, you do 
often need that sort of information in addition to this larger sort of appreciation and understanding that we're, we're starting to talk about as well. I was wondering, would you be able to just kind of describe um, in your own words like what a kelp forest is, what it might look like, the, the fish and things that are actually associated with it? Because at the moment, I'm, I'm just imagining this kind of large glob of kelp floating around, but is it actually attached to the, the, the seafloor? So if you've ever seen kelp on the beach, and you almost certainly have if if you've gone for a walk along the coastline, it looks totally different underwater because it'll float and sort of sway in amongst the waves. And it really creates this jungle-like structure, um, sometimes from just, you know, maybe about half a meter off the seafloor to sometimes 20, 30 meters all the way from the the seafloor to the surface that these branches are floating. And so amongst those branches, we have animals of kind of all sorts and varieties of you've got things like tiny little snails or amphipods or crabs you've got bigger fishes all into like lobsters or up to whales in certain parts of the world be found in and amongst the kelp forest and seals sea lions so a lot of the biodiversity and the animals that we're familiar with along our coastlines in southern australia and new zealand um, will use kelp forest at some point so have you actually had a, had a walk or a swim through a kelp forest. Have you actually can you can you can you get inside them? Have you been inside them? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, I'm probably going one tomorrow. <laughs> really? And New Zealand's actually really lucky. You have some beautiful kelp forests. If you just grab a map and a snorkel, um, you can go for a, a swim in some bull kelp or giant kelp or Lithonia. Some really, really beautiful, gorgeous kelp forests, and it's, it's definitely worth it. You can go for a scuba dive even better because then you're at the bottom and you're sort of looking up at the surface. And again, there's just these tangled branches swaying amongst the, the swell back and forth. So they make for some exceptional diving. Um, I think like the, the Poor Knights Island in particular over your way has some absolutely gorgeous kelp forest diving. Your research as well is kind of um, looking into kelp forest loss. And I know in Tasmania, there's, what is it, 95% of the canopy has already disappeared. I was wondering, what does that loss due to an ecosystem? Well, it starts to unravel it. So if you look at a barren, it's, it's like a, you would visualize a desert on land. It's just kind of empty rock. And so kelp forests only grow on rock, really. So you've got a kelp forest, which is this rich sort of thriving ecosystem, and then the kelp disappears, and then that's transformed into sort of a sort of desert-like or moon-like landscape where it's just empty and there's maybe a few animals that still live there, but it's a totally different environment. New Zealand has its own share of barren landscapes, but most of us see them on land rather than under the sea. The forestry industry regularly clearfells large swaths of land as part of the carbon farming industry, And one of the motivations for the kelp research was to help open up new opportunities for marine management and conservation strategies, such as a credit system for offsetting emissions through the kelp forests. Here's Dr. Eager again. One of the motivations for this sort of research was to start to think about, all right, when organizations restore, bring back, or protect the kelp forests, they're protecting or restoring all of these benefits that we just put a dollar value on. So how can we start to reward them uh, for all that work and all the benefits that they're providing to society at large? So yeah, we're now investigating how we can create like a restoration credit that can really provide value to 
to the projects that are doing the restoration or the protection and ultimately fuel more of that sort of work. Mm, and because I guess with that, you're having a, a natural environment rather than on land a lot of the time we're just seeing, um, you know, exotic species planted so they can be cut down, whereas this is something that would be more permanent, you'd imagine. Yeah, you'd have ideally a natural kelp forest come back and then and with that it, it's again that, that whole ecosystem that returns with it and, and the fish and the small little snails and abalone and lobsters and everything comes back when you start to successfully restore a kelp forest. So it, it's not just the kelp itself, it, it's restoring that sort of coastal way of life um, for animals under the sea. That was Aaron Eager talking to us about kelp and his research into it. Uh, if you'd like to know any more about his work, kelpforestalliance.com if you'd like to help protect and bring back the kelp. That was The Green Desk on 95BFM. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.